just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. This is Ember, the 43rd edition of the Real Estate Brothers, where we're talking to you Hawaii folks out there. He's going to talk about some scams. And, and if you guys want to check out past editions of this, go to realoha.com. Check those out. And welcome to the show. In Hawaii, there's so much to do. There's hula, there's surfing, and real estate too. We just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. As always, if you guys have any questions, please type it into the comment section. We will try to answer it as we move this month. We are doing a banking cram school. So if you guys haven't heard of this infinite banking policy, well, we're going to be busting it open for a couple hours in the week morning here in Hawaii and before. Also, check out the info page at simplepassacashflow.com slash banking to get registered for that. It's free. What do you have to lose? But take us away, Dean. Now, what's going on in Hawaii lately? Thanks again for always uh, having me um, as a co-host. Episode 43, so exciting. Always, man, we're three-fourths through the year just about now, right? It's getting crazy. That Delta variant is kind of getting out of hand, if that's the word. I think by now, hopefully everyone knows who we are. I'm a former CPA and um, real estate investor and realtor over in Hawaii. And I have a YouTube channel and a website, so check us out. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. A cool thing. Jumping in. The statistics for August didn't come out from the Honolulu Board of Realtors. It doesn't come out till the sixth of the following month. I was able to pull some information though, as we always do get a little insight in it. For August 2021, I believe we're going to break $1 million as um, from Austin Powers. It seems like we're going to be breaking the $1 million point for the median price of single family home in Honolulu. Yeah, the previous record was just the month before at nine ninety two five hundred, And previous year, August was 815000 and not to be topped off by single family, condos and townhouses are also going to be hitting that half million mark and, and also setting a new record. Don't let my son see that. He's going to use cussing. He buys some rental properties like that in those footsteps. Yes. I was thinking about today. Everybody says, I'm not a huge fan of the investing in Hawaii, but the people that are moving in have money and the people that leave don't feel like Pearl City, Milani are in the middle of the social economic in Hawaii. And if you guys are political out there and you guys get easily offended, please don't listen anymore. But, you shouldn't be listening you know, to Lane at all if you get easily offended. Yeah. But hear me out. Most in the mainland, if you were to take the middle of the rung, Milani type of places, Pearl City type of places, like eventually the the neighborhoods get worse, right? Because the old homes get older. The social economics this is how money works, right? The areas typically get more older. I guess what's the opposite gentrification? But it gets rougher. I think yeah. I know where you're going from the standpoint of the generation afterwards wasn't the one that saved up to buy the house. Just take like California, right? Back a long time ago, the, the immigrants, Japanese Americans, they live in places like Torrance, Southern California. But where do they all move up to? The affluent areas, the Bay Area, and they get the their homes get infilled by more in, immigrants. Now, I don't think you have that same phenomenon in Hawaii. I think it's very different. Those middle of the rung areas get taken up by other maybe affluent, more affluent locals today. I think that there's a lower cascading down effect 
where new people come in, have a lot of money, and the people that did get displaced move back to the mainland. With this, I'm thinking, i just making it's argument that if you were to believe this, you'd be bullish to buy Hawaii real estate. Yeah, I, I agree to that to a certain extent. That question always come up to me. And like you said, I don't know how many friends have you heard say, oh yeah, we're moving to Vegas or to Washington State because the cost of living is cheaper or whatnot. And then like you said, you hear those stories or the articles, people from California moving to Hawaii because they can work remotely and they can try to avoid the the pandemic as much as possible. I, th- I think there is merit to your, your point. You guys so have anyway. comments, put it into the comment box. We live stream this on YouTube and also we have the podcast too if you guys want to catch us up while you're doing chores. And then watch it on 2.0 speed and hear us talk quicker. Um, Lane, if you can back up to one slide, I wanted to touch a little bit on the condo townhouse. It broke a new record. The previous record was in July. So 500,000, right, for August 2021. Previous record 475 for July. But my point was that the previous record before this was 2019. Prior to this July 2021, the prior record was 2019, I believe. What's happening is that condos and townhouses are slowly by slowly catching up. I think in the past few episodes, we talked about even like a potential strategy because of the fact that single families were so hot here and all over the country that I was saying maybe if somebody wanted to downsize to a condo, and they could tap into the fact that it's not as hot and so tap into their equity in a single family home, sell that off by a condo and then wait out this storm. And that may not hold true now that we're breaking new records for the townhouses. But in the next slide, I'll show you that this is a month's supply of inventory. And we're always saying that the single family's month supply of inventory is always really low ever since 2019 compared to condos, especially after two years ago when they passed the short-term rental laws that they were going to enforce those uh, illegal short-term rental laws more, that bumped up as well as the pandemic that made people flock further to the suburbs. I think we talked about the donut effect. And now it feels like things are starting to balance out now where the condos and townhouses are now getting picked up. Inventory is now dropping. So you can see my red arrow where that disparity between the month supply for the townhouses and the condos in a single family, it's getting slimmer. Basically, condo townhouses starting to catch up in terms of being a strong seller's market because of the lack of inventory. This is Oahu, basically. And when we talk about the strong seller's market, that seems to be not only in Hawaii, it seems to be something that is nationwide. But again, real estate is local. So um, when I'm talking, we're addressing that. I know you guys are tired of hearing me talk about the, the hot real estate market. There's two emails that I got and two scams of the week that I always like to bring up. And this is universal, right? Everyone can utilize wherever you're living. Are you a non-incredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your spouse who's a little bit skeptic of what you've been listening to the last few months? And could you use the reinforcement of double-digit returns paid like clockwork in the form of monthly dividends? The American Home Preservation Fund, or AHP, is currently open again and is looking to bring new investors with them. I have been investing with them since 2016 and originally I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment and that paid my car payment completely for me every single month. 
HB collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes via restructuring or selling the debts, unlike their competitors. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact Simple Passive Cashflow was making and eventually approached me to become a spokesperson of the company. You can start investing with as little as 100 bucks. And if you want a free bird zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. For more information about investing with AHP, go to hpservicing.com slash investors. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. Two scams that I wanted to people to look out for. This first one is the email comes in that you're having like a copyright infringement issues, either Instagram photo or YouTube videos are violating copyright laws. The email says to click on a link to protect your account getting suspended. Most recently, they're having you get on a phone call with a support tech. And then that's when they get you on the phone, they try to get personal information from you. Always keep a look at it. This one is a little bit more off the wall. People who post on social media a lot may scared or paranoid into, oh, am I, what, what am I doing wrong? Did I post that most recent song that I like and, and am I breaking some kind of copyright infringement law and am I going to get sued? Keep that in mind. I think the my second scam I wanted to bring up, the next slide is a little bit hits more people and that's talking about COVID-19 fish baits now. These emails are claiming that your government is requiring all employees to complete a form Failing to complete the form could carry significant fines for you. If you click on the email, you're directed to a fake login page on uh, Microsoft Outlook. And then when you try to log in, they ask you to verify your private information, like name, birth, and ad- mailing address. And I'll just be careful out there. There's so many things going on there. And I like to bring them up. Hopefully, our listeners are a lot more savvy and we can trick the frauders. But I don't know. It's always good to be aware of them. And so some tips I'd like to point out is watch out whenever there's a sense of urgency in an email, they're asking you, oh, you need to re- reply right away or there's going to be a fine. They're trying to take advantage of you and your you know, potential impulsive actions. Always take a step back before you take the next step. Never click on links or download attachments and emails from people you don't know. And also if you receive unexpected emails, check with that person to make sure that it's legitimate. I've had emails before where it looked like it came from either my brokerage or my financial advisor, my CPA, and I would call them or maybe the company, I would actually reach out and say, is this from you guys? And you know, sometimes you're like, oh, let me check into that. And it's like, no, nope, that's not. And or sometimes you're like, oh yeah, this one's legit. But it's always good to take a step back because everyone's trying to make a quick buck. But anyways, we're talking about the hot real estate markets, right? And so everything on those slides, those are resale, yeah? We haven't visited the new construction recently or new developments for new homes. I wanted to reach back out and talk about two of them. One of them is uh, Nenea at Core Ridge. That's by Castle and Cook. They're actually on the last two phases of the Nanea single family homes. And there's a lot more to come though. They're doing over 3,000 doors over a 10 year period, but after they built the first nine phases, they're going to focus on the uh, multiplexes as well as the affordable homes that they were uh, mandated to build, and as well as the commercial and retail areas that they're trying to build a really nice neighborhood, like how they, they did with Milanimalka town. They're in the last two phases of the Nenea single family homes, which are going to be approximately 
believe it's 20 that are going to go to lottery. There are 19 that are going to be on reserve for like friends and family, but they could be released to the lottery. We never know. Next slide, Lane, please. What I want to bring up too is your statistical chances. We talked about this before. Resale for single family has been so hot. You might be six, you could be 12 competing offers in some issues. In the last phase, there were 83 applicants, which is a lot less than when the first two or three phases came in. I think when the first two, three phases came in, there were 150 applicants and then 160. So if one would have maybe 15 homes to offer, but half of those would be reserved for the friends and family. The developer gets to reserve about half to allow for their employees or vendors. What happens is they might say we have 15 houses built, but only eight are going to go to market. The good news is last phase, there were only 83 applicants, which is a lot less. And a few of the earmarked homes actually went back into the public lottery. And also the last few phases were these perimeter lots very prized because there's no one in your backyard. Those were in the 1.3 million was the higher range of those. You'll see in the next slide for these last two phases, uh, phase seven and phase eight, 20 for lottery and 19 for reserve. But again, the reserve, if they're not taken, they'll be put into the lottery. And these price points are a little bit lower because they're actually more, they're one block in from those perimeter lots. They're going to be at the 975 to 1.06 million. Again, three to five bedrooms, 1,300 to 2,200 square living about. There's actually model homes available. They just became available in the last uh, month or two. Prior to that, everyone in this last year was buying off of the blueprints. If you guys want to go check any of them out, if this sounds like in your price range, you're tired of losing out, give me a holler because I can set up an appointment for you and uh, we can sing to get in your application for the lottery. It's actually pretty simple to apply for the lottery. It's coming up next week. So let me know. I'm trying to buy a new car. I guess I won't reveal what that car is. It's actually more expensive to buy it used because there's it's high demand. Okay. The strategy we're going to do with my car consultant, you're going to buy it new from the mainland, ship it over. It's the same thing. He's trying to get away from the competition. It's not a European car. No. Not one that you can buy and then uh, drive around on the Autobahn and then save on taxes when you bring it back. No, you'll see it. I have a hint later on. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. That's a funny point because I was um, actually thinking of bringing up that parallel where it's like buying a vehicle from Toyota or Servco where there's all of these packages or they offer these various, uh, I guess, options. But... What happens is at the end of the day, the, these options are already preset for the most part and they're already being built, right? It's like in the lottery, you're going to get it and you may or not be able to add on that loft on the top, that extra 500 square feet or the flooring and things like that. Yes, but those adding on that, that fifth room or that sixth room, sometimes it's already determined. When I go shopping at Servco for my Toyota for my, my Forerunner, and there's a few packages, I should say, that have all these options you can choose amongst the handful of packages and whatever comes in that package you'll get those set of options that's the why i'm getting it like cheaper at oh. like, the sticker price because it's like this really messed up color that i don't know who the heck likes but i'm gonna buy it but then i'm gonna wrap it so oh you problem. are you serious you're gonna wrap it yeah dude that's i was contemplating on that i actually because all the kids week. are doing so that's what you gotta do to change the ugly color 
I can't wait to see it. When when will we hear more? I don't so, know when it gets built later on this month, supposedly. Was that another hint right there? Yeah, but mm. I don't know. It's like when you're talking about like the fierce competition, I was like watching TV and saw this commercial. Yeah. Oh, she gives a stink eye to the other couple that comes by. Oh. I don't know, that one guy would probably kick their butt. It's competitive out there. But no, when I'm taking buyers, that's legit, man. But everybody looks pretty dressed. Look at that. Oh. Okay. You know what I feel bad for? This sucker right here. <laughs> Those are only actors, keep in mind. Non-union. It could be SAG, we don't know. Uh, another new development I want to bring up was um, one actually in town in Kaka'ako. It's called Ililani. This is a kind of interesting development. It's not like brand spanking new. They're, it's actually like a mixture, like half is affordable the other half is priced so a 42 story condo over um in off of kiave street actually close to like h mart and salt and it's going to be kitty corner to one of the rail stops that could be a deal breaker for some but the interesting thing about this one is again new construction but the ha- the fact that there's half i guess affordable living and, and the other half is market i it's interesting too to me that affects the market units in terms of demographics living there and i guess people maybe potentially viewing the future appreciation possibly all of these little factors could play in but anyway this is two bedrooms and one bedrooms units the two bedrooms the one bedroom units are for the affordables which are all taken already there's about 40 something odd units maybe a few less of the market units available so those are the two bedroom two baths they range so what's from what's left in terms of inventory there from $720,000 to $880,000. High sevens to eight twenty six in terms of square foot of living. And I just heard that they got the okay to start construction. They had to get some kind of sign off from the buyers or the insurer or something. So they're going to break construction, real construction. I think they, they had announced some kind of breaking grounds in 2019, but I think now they're actually going to start building. So the expected completion time frame is... Q1, more likely Q2 of 2023. They have a sales office too. And if anyone is interested in, again, tired of these multiple offer situations and they want to try to take a look at these uh, these types of options for new construction, uh, just let me know. They This one is not a lottery system, by the way. The prices are set. So their inventory, remaining inventory they have, the prices are all set. And it's just for the remaining for Ililani, it's first come, first serve. Yeah. A lot of options for for people. You just got to find out what works. It might not work for everyone, but you never know. That's what I had for me. If you guys haven't met me before, my name is Lane Kawoka. I got a bunch of engineering degrees, but Dean no longer do that. We are full-time real estate investors. Dean does a little real estate brokering on the side. If you, if you guys like investing on the mainland for cash flow, check out my podcast, Full Passive Cashflow, Passive Real Estate. We focus on helping folks who are higher paid professionals invest for cash flow. Here's what we're going to be going over. A little bit of a teaching point here. People talk a lot about cap rates. What's all that? So low cap rates are in areas that are very secure and stable. Unfortunately, with those types of places, such as Hawaii, you have lower return. The higher returns is usually correlated with a less stable market. These are major markets. So we don't have on here some of the medium size and smaller markets. And those will probably be in the four, five, six percent range of cap rates. And this is just putting different markets on here. It takes no into account into different asset classes like apartments, mobile home park, self storage. It doesn't take into account different sub markets, better areas, your worse areas in a major MSA. Here's a little bit of a teaching point for stage where they don't know what they don't know. 
then they move towards a point where they thought they, they finally know that they don't know everything. And then at that point, they start to hit that inflection point where they start to make sense of it, start to build the relationships, uh, build a community within some passive cash flow, and then move off and get to mastery at some point. Well, you never really get there. So you had a scam here earlier, Dean. This was this is a kind of a similar scam where if you look closely here, this was an email I got from a servicer that does a bunch of registered agent fee services for like a Wyoming entity. So when you own a LLC or even when you own just rental properties in your own name, you're gonna get hit up with a whole bunch of you know people via email, phone call, texts, all kinds of things. And you've got to decipher and figure out if it's just people trolling you, trying to get you to sell your property, or they're trying to scam you into something. So this one was a little bit of a, this one was stumped me when I first got it. Because like Dean said, they, you, know, you got to be careful how they word things. There's kind of hard to see here, but it's, they're saying there's a deadline. You got to pay up. Another thing that was maybe uncomfortable is they said, do your value client. I think a lot of us who have a lot of online accounts know that typically we're addressed by our first and last name out of security reasons. It's the spoof that generally, generically address you. I don't know. And the copy was just like, who uses capital letters in a professional email? They're saying, congratulations, your company's anniversary. It's time to pay your annual dues again. It's messed up. But I eventually called around and it was a legitimate invoice, but I didn't need to pay it. I have, I can, I'm going to get another person to be my registered agent. For a quarter of the price, but that was something that I just want to bring to people's attention. Oh, so that's the registry agent, so that if someone serves you in that state, they can come and serve you. And yeah, my understanding no, no. for certain LLCs, you need to have a register. You need to have a registered agent to accept, right. amongst many other things. People drive me crazy. Like people go crazy over these LLCs, but they don't even take care of it. So it's not even worth the damn thing that you paid the lawyer to do. You guys have to learn how to upkeep treat these LLCs like legitimate businesses, which include having a bank account. Yep. Yeah. If you don't, that it's you're opening up yourself because the, then the point is moot because why did you create it? And then, like you said, Lane, if not doing those things just makes it easier for the plaintiff to break that corporate veil. And that's the, that's the whole thing is your protection that you're trying to create. And so to your point, you got to make sure you're, you or someone is keeping that up for you. Yeah. We talked about the Simple Passive Cashflow Banking. If you guys want to learn more about this tactic, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash banking. Free e-course there. Here's another flow chart that someone in my mastermind came up with. It's uh, it kind of answers the question, do I use a HELOC or do I use a cash out refinance? And this question usually comes up when you know, people are finally investing in alternative assets. They blow through their you know, their liquidity in their bank account, which I never really have that much liquidity in my bank account. You don't want to have that much cash sitting around doing nothing. So you eventually blow through that. And then for most people, they've got a lot of money in their rental properties, their primary residence. You can get at that via HELOC and cash out refinance. In some cases, it might make sense for somebody to tap their retirement funds or their IRAs. Just every situation is a little bit different. If you guys want to, you know, join the group, book an onboarding call, we can talk through this, these personal situations. But generally, if you're looking at getting the equity in your home, the, the answer is first, try and get a HELOC first because it's usually, you know, no fees on that type of stuff and it's reversible. You can pay it. Where the cash out refinances, you got to pay fees for that. Don't get tricked by the lender who's saying, well, it's a no fee loan. That's nonsense. There's always fees in there. It's just 
they're just bumping up the rate to hide their or, or they roll it in they roll it in right yeah exactly exactly so what i normally ask people is if you're going to be staying in your house for a while right are you going to be moving is this kind of your forever home are you going to be here more than four to six years or great it probably will make more sense to get the cash out refinance in the near future but try and have the HELOC if you can yeah. in the short time yeah, but, this is yeah, exactly my situation too yeah so this is very good yeah my yeah. my HELOC is the promotional rate has run out and yeah real similar situation where I'm trying to decide do I refi or and even the the HELOC guys the banks they say oh you can lock in a portion of the HELOC into amortizable rate so it's there's all these options that you have to tap into that as you'd call it in the lazy but the, yeah. the lenders are always going to try and like kind of smooth you into a loan where they can pick up their origination fees. Right. Whatever they tell, say, just throw out the window, right? They're the salesmen. Um, this yeah. is where right, you can right. build a community and talk to smart people who do this stuff. But yeah, you, you exhaust your HELOC first. Are you, what are you going to do? You're going to jump to another bank for another teaser rate? Me. Yeah. The friend that we're talking about here, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Talking about personal stuff here, <laughs> business guys. You know, That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. My friend's probably going to just go to another bank and get another pro. No, right now, the promotional pro- rates are unreal for these HELOCs. Yeah. Like under 3% for for four year locked in at the promotional rate. Yeah. Yeah. And if then, you but, guys want to get the cheat sheet, go to com slash. And there it is. It's all in a Google Doc for you guys. You guys can go ahead and that's a That's a powerful slide right there. But not, yeah, it's so go to rialoha.com slash HELOC. And I think you can download that. If you guys can update me on the numbers, feel free to shoot me an email. You guys care to update the rest of the group on that type of stuff. So yeah, rolling into some of the top headlines, jobless claims reach fresh pandemic era low of 348,000. So unemployment is coming down. That's a good sign. Uh, the 2020 census just came out. So some of you guys are like me and you're a bit lazy investors and you don't get you know all attentive when little things come through 20,000 afghan immigrants isn't going to change the real estate market guys <laughs> chill out you invest off these big macro trends right like population growth so we'll check out the 2020 census that's where it's all at here are five of the states we talk about a lot because a lot of influx movement and outflux of people out of california but the story here texas florida georgia washington have double-digit growth, low double-digit growth. And the story is the minorities are increasing. In fact, the only the places where in California, white alone, I'm just reading it out aloud here, is negative 8% out of California. Interesting, huh? That's very interesting. Huh? Makes sense though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. America is a hodgepodge of different cultures. That's what we were. Yeah. A monthly report, or continuing on the monthly report, this came from JP Morgan the job tracker of overall the trend is very strong it's been 4 months since we've had the dis- disappointing 269k report which is employment the report in early september is close to a million the fed could easily make the argument that the goal of substantial further progress has been achieved which has significance because once that has been achieved they're saying that maybe they'll stop quantitative easing but i just don't mm-hmm. see that happening at least for another six months, probably another year, two or three or four or five. Who knows? Best paying states for tech workers in 2021. The top five is Washington, California, D.C. Where's number four? Virginia, Massachusetts. Hawaii has been there at number 24. But I'm not a 
I'm not a computer science guy, so I'm not probably the best, but I would say if you got a computer science degree, the place to not start your career is Hawaii. But I do think a lot of people are moving to Hawaii who have already been established in their working mm-hmm. career and experience right. and are yep. working remote. Yep. This is where the cap rates are currently, as you've seen over the last decade, they've been slowly coming down and the interest rates is depicted in the darker blue line, which has been dancing up and down, but slowly going down along with the cap rates. And as investors, this is what it what it's all about to be an investor. You borrow your money at 1.45, you make 4.72. The difference is your returns as investor time is the leverage factor. And that's why I I don't care about all these little minutiae because at the end of the day, investors, you make money on the Delta times leverage on this slide right here. And another slide showing cap rates going down and that's just people are starving for yield. Yeah, margins are getting squeezed, baby. Top five multifamily rental market, Boise, Phoenix, Spokane, Tampa, Inland Empire. But as I started to read this, I called BS on this because Boise is a very extremely small market. I don't even really consider it a tertiary market. It's less than a quarter of a million population. Same thing with Spokane, Washington. Tampa's a little bit bigger, almost 400,000 population. I personally wouldn't invest in anything smaller than half of it. Do you know what Kansas City is? You, you like to do that or Vegas. In terms of tertiary, I consider it, I always consider it tertiary. Is that, is that what you mean? What's the, you know what the population of Kansas City is? No, I don't actually, but I can look it up while we're talking. Really? to it it's four hundred eighty six thousand, probably half a million so, you know exactly to my point kansas yeah. state is still smaller yeah but so boise is way smaller and i think this is where you see a lot of sophisticated investors chasing these movers this is no different than going after like a penny stock yeah small and mid-sized metros with the best economic growth in 2021 so again on that same thought process the small metros these are places i wouldn't necessarily Invest. But they're, these are the top five, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Quarter Lane, Idaho, Sebastian, Borough Beach, Florida, Winchester, Virginia, Punta Gorda, Florida, and then stepping up to the more mid-sized metros. Now, these are the smallest areas that I would personally invest in. Huntsville, Alabama, which just took, overtook Birmingham, Alabama in the 2020 census for the largest city in Alabama. Sarasota, Florida, Port San Lucie, Florida, Boise City, Idaho, and Provo, Utah. It's where the Boise five. popped out again, though. Yeah. For mid-sized metros, these are the large metros, and these are the ones that really are more substantial out to follow. So these are the top five. Oh, maybe we'll go, we'll just read the whole list in this order. Nashville, Raleigh, Austin, Jacksonville, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Tampa, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, Denver, and Las Vegas. You just wanted to read Las Vegas. That's why you wanted just, to read the whole list. I know. <laughs> it barely cash flows, though. Yeah. We talk a lot about the South, Midwest markets. If you wanted to invest in the Western markets, which might be a good idea because they got beat up a lot, or California, they got beat up a lot. Now's the time might be to go in. The top 10 were Boise, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Tucson, Colorado Springs, Reno, Albuquerque, Salt Lake City, and then Denver still. Yeah, we just went and checked out the property recently in Denver. Uh, quarter two, 2021, South single-family rental investment trends. Uh, some of the key findings, occupancy rose to 95.3%, matching the highest level since 1994. Vacant to occupied rent growth accelerated to 12.7%, a record high, and cap rates dipped to 5.8% on this rising asset value. So 
the takeaways that I had from these charts here, here on the left side, loan to value ratios, to me, what that's telling me is that we don't have debt going crazy and bonkers yep. like how it was in 2005, six, seven. To your point, yeah. So less risk of having a big debacle of a bunch of troubled loans and foreclosures. and Right. To counteract that, of course, I would also say that in the last year, prices went up. So obviously, you would think loan to values to go down when that happens. But I think mm -hmm. overall, loan to values is pretty healthy. And then oh, it depends on the underwriters, right? For the new loans. Yeah, it's still hard. A lot of my clients, they make good salaries, and it's hard for them to get a loan. Yeah. Yeah. And this other chart on the right side, basically what we're looking at is the investor percent share of single family home purchases. So this is your mom and pa investor. So in 2000, they're at 3% and it's slowly gone up to 2011 and it peaked at 8%. But after 2010, it's been on the decline slowly to almost all time lows now. And that, what that's telling me is if we see the big heads, headlines like Black BlackRock, buying in and buying huge tracks. And you were around during this time, right? Around 2000, people in the Facebook group, I don't know if you saw that post, people were freaking out about that. Yeah. You and I were around in 2011 yeah. and 12, right? The same thing was yeah. happening. Mm -hmm. it? And it didn't do much. But that's what I think newer investors, they freak out on. Oh my God, there's 20,000 Afghan immigrants coming in. <laughs> the housing stock is going to get, like demand is going to go skyrocketing. Or they're like, oh, a hurricane came through town or doesn't matter guys blacks blackstone buys a gazillion rentals it doesn't really move the needle too much yeah and actually is that excluded from this because if the source is fanny freddie i'm thinking those are conforming loans i don't know do they take into account the hedge funds picking up like like how you said back in 2010 2011 where they're just picking up a whole bunch of single families that were foreclosed i don't know if they have access to that information right for i us. think good point i think I don't know for a fact, but I think that like Fannie Mae has insights into a lot of data. And I think that this all encompassing of the market as opposed to just what Fannie or Freddie Mac came through their doors. Here are the interest rates that Freddie Mac are putting in. We had a little spike in April of 21, but then we're now at the all-time lows once again. Cheap money, baby. Yeah. Ending with a few fun things. Maybe we'll see a Taco Bell like this in 10 years, but on the mainland, they're trying out these double-decker drive-through lanes. Jack-in-a-box is on the rise with 64 new restaurants. And other news, uh, OnlyFans is now prohibiting any sexual explicit conduct. Studies show that if you watch porn, you're four times more susceptible to the scams Dean we're talking about. Oh, that's a joke. I mean, you're probably going to get more viruses, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just bring this up too because the people investing for cash flow, like workforce housing, people, like housing for regular people, that's 200 million people in this country that you could be going after as your potential client. I've never been a big fan of investing in short-term rentals because it's such a discretionary item or military towns, college rentals. You can make hay when things are good. One little government intervention, you're screwed. If you guys want to get access to my free remote rental e-course, shoot me an email, lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. There's no question. We will see you guys next time. Unless, Dean, you got any closing remarks? Just uh, keep an open mind. Uh, I like uh, chatting with you, Lane, informally or formally. Like, your mindset always helps me to realize, think differently. Don't be a lemmings and follow everyone. And so I just want to 
re-emphasize that because you always got to keep an open mind in things and try to learn. So I just want to emphasize that. And you want Dean to give you an evaluation on your house, go over there and sell. That's best, the uh, best time to do it. Or if you yeah. want to buy too. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hey. Free Real Estate Investing Group. Check out reialoha.com. Just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.